Hey, so if, if you are serving now or have served, if you could just stand, we just want to pray over you. And can you just say thank you to those who serve? Come on. We know you're here. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come on, if there's somebody standing near you, could you just gather around them? Again, if you've served or are serving now, just let's gather around those that are or have. Father, we just want to lift up our military to you tonight, Father. Our prayer for them tonight comes out of your word where you talk about a certain kind of blessing, one that is a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, would be poured into their lap. I pray, Father, that all of them, each in their own way by your hand, would enter into a season of prosperity that they would know has come from your hand. We pray, Father, today we know, just as that video shared, that there are scars on the outside, but many times there are scars on the inside. And we know, God, that the story that brought them here can't be rewritten, but there is a healing that comes from your hand that touches even the deepest places of our hearts. And for everyone that carries a scar that needs to be healed, a wound that may be God that's still bleeding, on the inside, Father, we pray that by your sovereign touch that there would be a peace and a calm that would come over them tonight in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that they would feel celebrated, and we thank you for the freedom that we have because of who they are and what they've done. In Jesus' name, come on, and everybody said together, amen. Amen. Come on, you can clap one more time. Hey, well, we're excited tonight to have uh, Pastor Joe and Joanne Jansen with us. Uh, Pastor Joe is the president of U.S. Operations for Elam Fellowship, and Elam uh, Fellowship has been the group that we've been a part of for many years now, and they've been coming down, and, and uh, starting last year, this was our second one, and on Friday, there were uh, several churches from this region uh, gathered together for what's called an Elam Equip Day, and, uh, and so we spent Friday just in one session after another. It was phenomenal, and, uh, and so when we knew that they were going to be coming back down here, uh, we knew we needed to have uh, Pastor Joe and come and share with us. And let me, let me just say a word about Elam before they come up. When we were looking for a group to affiliate with as a church several years ago, that, that we, we, we had to f- kind of determine why we were looking for a group. And a lot of times churches look for a group to affiliate with who are going to help them grow in number. And I'm not saying that's the wrong reason, but that wasn't our reason. We, we were looking for a group that was going to help us grow as Christian leaders, meaning that in our leadership within the church, how could we grow so that the character of Christ could be more reflected in us as we lead? Because if it's God's plan for this church to grow in number, but we don't grow as Christian leaders, then everything that we do will ultimately be in vain. And, and we know that through Elam and all the years that we've spent with them that we made the right choice because the people that we find there continue to be examples to us of what it means to be a Christian leader and how to bring the character of Christ into leadership in every moment. So if you could give Pastor Joe and Joanne a warm City Life welcome as they come. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's good to see you. Um. I have to say, we come from Rochester, New York, where it's snowing today, and we're here, and it's beautiful. We may stay. Um, we may stay. <laughs> we're invited. Um, but I, I was thinking about, you know how, you know what's really different about where we live? Like, really, really different. Everything is fast in Rochester. In New York, everything is fast. In Virginia, y'all are just laid back and 
Chilling. You're chilling. You got time. Breakfast this morning took like an hour and a half. <laughs> that was just to pay the check. And I, I love it, though. It's very, it's very nice. It's like, oh, well, they're relaxed about this. I'll be relaxed about it. The guy, one of our servers today said, um, do you want the check? Like, is this an option? Like, <laughs> where's this going? <laughs> and I think he was waiting for us to ask for it. And I just thought that was really funny. Like, I, yeah, I guess if we have to have it, we'll take it. So I love that about down here. And it, but it, take, it took us a day or two to get used to it, you know, where it, it's just it. But that's not really what I wanted to say. I just couldn't help myself. What do I really want to say? This is what I, I have felt God saying to me, and I think that he's saying it for, for all of us. And it's this. There is always hope. There is always hope. No matter where you find yourself, no matter the pain that you are feeling, no matter the loss that you have suffered, no matter where you've been, where you are, or where you think you're going, there is always hope. Our hope is in the one who created us. Mm. My hope is not in my husband. It's not in the church. My hope is in the one who created me. And in him, there is always hope. So no matter what you're feeling today, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you got here, there is always hope. There's hope for you, and thank God there's hope for me. And I wanted you to know that today, that there is always hope. Rest in his hope. His hope is what brings faith. Faith, hope in the one who created you. And that's what I felt like God needed me to share tonight. So have a good time. Joe, awesome. have fun. Make yeah. them laugh. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Good stuff. We, uh, we always, we love being here. This is, I, just, we, I feel like this is home, uh, this church. And your pastors are they're just off the hook, off the chain good. I mean, uh, Vanessa shared yesterday at our, uh, our One Day Equip, and it was just awesome. I mean, you, your pastors are phenomenal people. They love you. They love Jesus. They have a burden for seeing, seeing Jesus, you know, rule and reign over this, over this whole region here. And, uh, you know, some pastors just put in their time and uh, just do their thing, but that's not the way your pastors are. They, they have a love for people and a love for God. You know, they're hitting the two big ones uh, like nobody I know. So uh, uh, appreciate them uh, because they're, they're good. They're good. And th that, that really means that this, you uh, are going to grow and also the church is going to grow because uh, they're really seeking after Jesus. And uh, so we always appreciate being here. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something... Uh, that I've, I've kind of, I str I've struggled with over, over the years, like with, uh, with anxiety. Sometimes I have a little fear. Uh, and maybe you, you might be here today, uh, and you're, you struggle with stuff like that, with anxiety, you know, and uh, anxiety or fear, or it, it, you could be struggling too with like loneliness or even, or depression, uh, you know, things like that. Sometimes we're struggling with sin. And, uh, you know, those, those, those things can have a way of making us feel like 
we don't, we don't fit in. You know, because in the church, right, when you know Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and, uh, you know, he's it, and yet you, it, it, you still seem to struggle with certain areas of your life, uh, it, it can kind of, you know, it can kind of make us feel like we're on the outside looking in, like we're, not, like we're not part of the team, we're not part of the family. And then to top it all off, really, you have, we're, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to uh, communicate and interact with an invisible God. Now, I don't know about you, and maybe, you know, again, your pastors are probably much better at this than I am, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it difficult to relate to this being that I can't see. And I, I can't feel him, I can't touch him, you know, in the, in the here and now, you know. Uh, and, and, and so that's difficult, you know. And sometimes when, we, when we're followers of Christ and we've gone, you know, we've been doing this thing for a while, we kind of forget that, we, in some ways we forget it, and we actually kind of expect other people just to join right in uh, talking to this invisible being, you know, that isn't, you, don't, you can't see where he is. And uh, it, can be, it can be a challenge. Again, maybe you're not there, but I'm going to talk to you about my challenges. Uh, uh, and, and I think people do have that challenge of relating to an invisible God who has created all of it. You know, like he is, he is, he's everywhere. Uh, he's all powerful. And we're, here we are uh, kind of fumbling along trying to relate to this God. And one of the places, I think Jesus knew this. And right, right before he's going to leave uh, he's he's going to go back to heaven, and he's you know he's kind of prepping his guys for this because it's like you know I'm I'm going to be going, and uh, here's how it's going to work you know and so some of his last words if you go to like John 13 and on through those are really kind of Jesus's last hours on the earth so I want to read you a section of chapter 15 John chapter 15 where Jesus is explaining to his friends uh, his disciples there how you, how you should relate to an invisible God. When I'm not here, here's how you, here's how you can relate to me. And it, it really helped me, and I'm hoping that it's going to help you. Uh, but let, let me read about 17 verses of it, because, it, again, I think it'll be really helpful for us. So Jesus says this to them. He says, listen, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. If, re, if you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away, withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you'll bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. Now, I've told you this so that your joy, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete, which must be awesome. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
And then he says this startling thing. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants or slaves because servants and slaves don't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Now, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that'll last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So if you notice there, there's a, a particular word that, that keeps getting said. And it's not like God is stuttering when he's putting this together or he's got like Tourette's, you know, remain, 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 remain. You know, some Bibles say abide, abide, abide. Some Bibles will say dwell, dwell, dwell. But what he's trying to get across is that, you know, I want you to be in me. I want you to be with me. I want you to, that word remain is kind of, uh, to walk with me, to be present. It's, it's kind of being present with me. And when you look at the whole thing, what, what came to my mind is, is what Jesus is saying to these guys. Hey, when I leave, I want you to make yourself at home in my, in, in, in my Father and in whom I am. Make yourself home in the presence of God, in the presence of my Father. I want you to, make, I want you to be at home with us. You know that? And that's, what, that's, that's kind of what he's saying there. And you see, and what, what happens is we, sometimes we treat God like, like a timeshare, you know? And if you treat him like a timeshare, you're going to have problems in your relationship with him. You know, where you kind of you have special times when you go and you meet with God. You know, you, you know we have vacation, so we're going to the timeshare. And, uh, you know, maybe summer vacation or Christmas time, we're going to get away to the timeshare. Uh, but, but what Jesus is saying, if you really want to bear fruit, you know, be productive, if you really want to have the stuff coming out of you that you were created for, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean God has, he, he, he has uh, just uh, wildly creative things that he wants us to produce, every one of us. You know, sometimes in the church you get the idea that we should be boring and that we should just, you know, here's, here's what you do, here's what you say, and don't break out of the lines. you got to stay in the lines. But I think a God who created the universe in seven days, spoke it into existence, and you look at the, I mean, the absolute amazing qualities of the, of the natural universe, it's like, wow, I mean, God is absolutely incredibly creative, and, and we're his sons and daughters. And so what Jesus is saying here, here is you're going to be you're going to be creative. You're going to be more creative, and he says your creativity is going to last. What he's saying is you're going to have fruit. You're going to have more fruit. You're going to have fruit that's going to last. That, that, that's the progression here. But the key is, do you make yourself at home in God? Are you at home in Him, or do we treat Him like a little vacation home, a little cottage somewhere? You know, because sometimes, you know, if we just, you know, like, you know, Saturday night's uh, our, our special gathering at church. And so we come, it's, it, we, we come to meet Jesus here. But that, that's a good thing. But if we're not meeting him tomorrow morning and Monday morning and then Tuesday night, and then, you know, when our, when our, when our kids are going, one of our kids is going bonkers, if we're still not, if we're losing our salvation over, you know, over that, then, you know, it's, it, it, we're not doing what Jesus said, that no matter what's going on, because I talked about anxiety, depression, loneliness, sometimes even sin issues that keep us, they can keep us out, outside. They can keep us in a place where we're not feeling at home. And it's, we, what Jesus is saying is that you, you can't produce fruit when you're just kind of visiting. 
when you're just kind of, you know, checking God out and using him as a special event. That when we, you know, we come to, we come to church, it's a special event, and then we just kind of go on our way. That, we're going to lose that creative touch. Because, see, what, what Jesus, again, what Jesus is saying is that when we make ourselves at home, the juices of God, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the sap, you know, I, I don't think God really, it seems funny to say the sap of God, but that's the, it's the illustration that Jesus kind of uses, is flowing through us, and there just should be things bubbling out of us for every area of life, especially the areas that, that God produced you for and created you for, that there's certain areas you're going to be really good at being creative and being productive and being fruitful and, and, having, and having God outcomes, you know, because that's what, that's what fruit is. It's the outcome of, what, of, the, of everything that the plant is doing. You've got this outcome, and, 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 and all of us have a, a focus area of uh, where God will, will give us really good outcomes. I think all of us in family life, Life, all of us have God working. If we're at home with him, if we're comfortable with him, if we're living with him day in and day out, if we're living with him even with my anxiety, even, even, even with this fear that's, that, that, that can be in me, even when we mess up. Because I thought that was so great what, uh, what our brother was uh, praying earlier there. Because, because listen, I, I'm going to tell you, and maybe you won't listen to me after I say this, but I sin, and I sin almost every day. I just don't get it right. I mean, you know, because I, 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 worry, I, I worry that in heaven, uh, my wife's going to know everything that I was thinking, not just what I was saying. You know what I'm saying? You know, because if she's angry at me at what I just said, oh, wait till she finds out what's in here, man, because, <laughs> you know... It's scary in there. There's going to be tears in heaven, man, because because she's going to be. I'm going to be crying after she hits me a couple times. You know, it's like, you know, just attitudes, you know, or a little white lie about uh, how my ministry's going, and you know, the last place I, I was at, and kind of saying like a little more happened than happened, or just embellish it a little bit. You know, those are all. Those are all not. Uh, that, I'm not exactly hitting the mark on those things there. You know, uh, but but here's the thing. That's why Jesus came. He came because we're sinners. If we don't sin, we don't need Jesus. And I need him every day. I, I, I'm glad I'm under the, literally under the blood of Jesus, which, you know, again, is a hard concept for people who don't know Jesus to capture. But, but I'm glad I'm under that blood, that, I'm, that I'm, 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 I'm forgiven almost before I do it, before I've done it, because I'm under the blood. I, I'm, I'm submitted to him. I'm, 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 I've given my life to him. I'm, uh, and and I'm, I'm, you know, just, I'm, I'm trying to be as yielded as, as, I, as I can be. And when I mess up, I, know, well, I just confess, I confess my sin. But even when I don't even remember, even because there's some sins that we, we commit that we don't even know we're committing them. So I hope to God that the blood of Jesus will, will take care of the ones that I didn't even know I did. You know, even though my wife's right there telling me, you did this, you did this, you did this, you know. Uh, you know but but the, the blood is good for the ones we know and the ones we don't know. We can be, and what Jesus is saying is we, we need to be at home with him no matter what we've done. See, because the enemy of our soul would like to, would like to remind us of our, uh, he, he shames us 
out of the house. He shames us out of the family because his job is to isolate us and then decimate us. That's what he wants to do. He'll isolate and decimate. It's always, it's always, it's always what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to feel like nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, I'll never get this Christian thing right, I'm just, uh, I'm just on the outside always looking in. And, and, and that's the enemy. But Jesus is saying, listen, make yourself at home. You know, when, when, when I was in college many moons ago, uh, I lived about six hours from home, a place where they get 12 feet of snow a year. Talk about snow. 12 feet uh, every winter. It was crazy. But, you know, uh, every, when, when I would go home, because the food on that college campus was just awful. I mean, it would induce, vom it would induce vomiting. It really would. It was just, uh, <laughs> it was terrible. But going home, I, I, I would be a six-hour trip. And I would just be, I'd just be dreaming of the food that my mom and my dad would have. Because I, I grew up in an Italian family. My mom's name was Gilda Consolata Salucci. I mean, she sweat garlic and olive oil, this lady, okay? I mean, she's like, you know, she was about 4'10", and she was a cooking machine. I mean, you know, just, she could just do it, you know? First time Joanne came to our house, she asked me, what, what was all that racket at 4 in the morning? I said, that was my mom starting dinner. She was like, what? You know, you, you can do that? She was like, because in Joanne's house, they started about 4.30 to eat at 5. But not, not in an Italian house. Food is love. And, uh, and, so, and so when I got home, I mean, I would walk through the door, and Joanne would tell you, it, even ha it, it, it happened my whole life. My, my mom would run out to the door. As soon as I came in, she'd run out, and, and she'd say, Joey, you know, and uh, I'd say hi, and, and then we'd go right into the kitchen, because the kitchen is where Italians hang out, because that's where it's happened, and uh, it's the warmest place in the house, and they would have all the best food for me. I mean, they'd, they would have uh, fresh mozzarella. I don't know if you've ever had fresh mozzarella, but it's still warm. It's, uh, it, it's, it's still oozing the milk, the milky cheese stuff, and it is spectacular. And we would have the best Italian bread, and my father would go to different Italian places to get the different kind of cold cuts that I liked, and we would just sit there and we would eat. I mean, it, it, it was just the most wonderful experience, and then there would be the homemade meatballs that she fried in a, she fried them in a cast iron pan in olive oil on top of the stove. You, no Italian bakes their, they don't bake their, uh, their meatballs. That's like a, that's sacrilege, it's blasphemy, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it, and then she would put them in a Hall's uh, bowl. You old people would know what a Hall's bowl is. And, uh, and then some into the sauce, but we used to eat those, the ones out of the sauce like popcorn. We would just, you know, and she would freak out. Like, don't do that, you know, I'm not gonna have enough. Yeah, my, you made 4,000 meatballs. I think we can, I think we can, uh, we can eat a few of these here. You see, but what, 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 I, I made myself at home. You know, when I, when I came home, it didn't matter how long, it doesn't matter how long I was away. I, I, I didn't need a key to get in. I, I, didn't, I didn't have to have a passcode. I, I just came walking in and, and I was home. Whatever I wanted, they, 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 were, they were ready to get it for me. I was, I was, I was at home. And that's what, that's what Jesus wants uh, from us is to, to be that at home with him, that, that we don't let uh, like anxiety or, or fear or things that just aren't adding up, uh, we don't let that keep us outside of the house. And so, you know, there's, uh, there's benefits to this. When we get this whole thing about uh, being at home with him, there's benefits kind of to the organizational structure of God's family. Because when you, you would see here in this, in this story, uh, you have the father is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, we're the branch, 
And you also have the Holy Spirit wrapped up in there. I, didn't, I wasn't able to read enough because I know reading can turn people off. So I, but if I kept reading, you would hear about the Holy Spirit. You've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which we call the Trinity. But all of God is in us. It's, it's, it, we're, we're in this whole Godhead. And, he, and what Jesus is saying is, hey, listen, all of us in the Trinity are for you being productive. Isn't that awesome? As a matter of fact, though, I've got to tell you something, that we're the only ones in that, in that story there. We are the only ones that bear fruit. Because sometimes people think that God's going to do it, but no. He's delegated us. I want you to, I want you to bear fruit. The bran- the, the, we're, the, we're the branches. that you know the, the vine doesn't do it. The gardener doesn't do it. It's up to us, the branches. And, 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 and again, so we have, to be, we have to be tightly woven in to bear the fruit. You know, that's, that's, that's what he's saying here. But, but, he, but he's saying, listen, you've got the father is doing all the farming. He's doing all the gardening. I mean, he's, he knows. He, he created this vine, so he knows how to get the best out of us. He knows how to get, get it to us to a place where we're going to have the absolute best outcomes possible. The best fruit, the best, it, it, it's going to last. It's going to last into eternity, the stuff that, that we produce. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is working. So, it's a, so if you're getting down, if you're, if you're like anxious or you're, you're depressed or you're, you're lonely or, or it doesn't seem like the outcomes are, coming, are, are happening the way you think, you've got to remember that you've got all this stuff in the organizational structure of God's family working on your behalf. All you have to do is stay, stay tightly woven in. Just make yourself at home in God. And then, and then Jesus goes on here in this, in this uh, structure. He actually says, uh, he, he says that uh, I'm calling you friends. I mean, it's amazing. Because sometimes you get the idea we got to work, 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 you know? We got to work, we got to work, we got to work for God, we got to work, we got to work for God, we got to work, you got to, you know, but that, that's really what he's, wait, wait, no, we're not slaves. We're, we're, and, we're, and we're not under pressure to somehow measure up. Because sometimes preachers, we can get you like, you better measure up, you know. You better do this, you better do that, you better do this, you got to work more, you got to do more. You know, it's like, it's like the Church of Jesus Christ became the, uh, we're, we're, we're like the, uh, uh, we produce workaholics, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like, got to do it, got to do it. But Jesus did it all. And he's saying, listen, I'm calling you friends. I'm going to let you in on some of the, some of the inner workings of things. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about, about stuff that me and my father are doing. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is working out, which I always get a kick out of uh, that, that Trinity thing. Give it, you ever think about it? Like, the, do you ever think that Jesus, when, when Adam sinned and they had a board meeting up there and Father, Son, Holy Spirit got together and, and uh, the dad was like, you know, uh, you know, like kind of, Kind of like happening. We got a problem, guys. We have a problem. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, Adam Adam messed up big time, and uh, we need somebody to go down there. And the Holy Spirit and God the Father are kind of looking at Jesus, you know, <laughs> you know. And he's like, "What? You know? Do you think he argued a little bit?" I kind of look at him like, "Me? I got to go down there? Like, really? You know? Why does Why does he get to give gifts? He, he's a bird. He's a he gives peace, you know. And you know, like he's he's got all the good stuff, Dad. What? what I got to go down there and and be born in Nazareth? Can I at least be a king, a real king, a Nazareth? I mean, that's the other side of the tracks, Dad. I mean, you know, and where am I being born in a feeding trough? I, I think you might have been like, can't you clone?
own me? And, you know, it's like, and the father's like, no, we can't do that. He's like, what do you mean you can do anything? You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, don't tell me you can't do that. You can do anything. You know, I don't know. I, maybe it's just me that have those, uh, those, <laughs> those thoughts, you know. So, so Jesus, we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We got the Father's our gardener. We got all this on our side. He calls us friends. But more than that, he, it's, it, it, Jesus says, I chose you. And that's for every single one of us. That in, in his plan for all of eternity, he says, I want you. I want you. I'm choosing you. It's an incredible thing. That the, the creator of the universe, this God, this loving, I mean, he's, he's just magnificently loving. And he says, I, I, I want you to be part of my family. I want you to be one of my friends. I want you to make yourself at home, in my home, and in who I am. I chose you. And, you know, the Bible goes on to say not only did he choose us, but it says that he adopted us. Now, we're not only friends. We're children of God. We're sons and daughters. And in the book of Ephesians, it says that, it, that, it was, that he, we were predestined to be adopted. And it was according to his pleasure and will that we were adopted. And I like that. I like that he pre-planned to get me in the family. You know, don't you like that? Like, like, it wasn't like, oh, what else can we do with Joe? Bring him in, you know? Like, or, or like, if you're looking down, how did, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, Peter, what, what happened here? How, we got Jansen, Joe. He, how, how did he get saved? He's one of ours now. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to send him off to uh, hell somewhere, you know. Uh, but was that a mistake? Uh, check the database. What are we going to do to keep him busy now? You know, no, but that's not what it is. He, it's his pleasure and will. And, and, and it's predetermined. Now, listen, adopted. I love the fact that I'm adopted because, listen, we have three children. And I, now I don't know why I don't know why women always have to pick the middle of the night to go in labor, or at least my wife did. You know, it's like the most inopportune time. I'm sleeping, honey. You know, like you know, we got to go. You know, and uh, and so we're we're at the hospital, and we were at a teaching hospital, which means that every intern from here to Florida was uh, coming in there and looking, and and, and then they, they, one time was it the janitor came in? Yeah, I think she's about. <laughs> She's about nine centimeters. I think she's fully a face. I'm get get this guy out of here. What'd you have? Like, you know, what what's going on? I mean, all these young guys, young doctors, you're coming in, you know. I'm like, can you drive? Let me see your driver's license, you know? And they're looking up there, and I'm like, this isn't right. This is just not right. But it got worse. It got worse. If you've been in, if you've if you've seen a baby get born, you know it got worse. Oh man. I don't know. Some of these granola bars think it was the most wonderful experience of their life. I don't know where they were. I don't know, you know. Because uh, there was nothing wonderful. I mean, my wife is screaming at me at one point. She's just like, put the, put the cold rag here. No, put it over here. That's too cold. And, you know, and, and then she's like, um, you're never going to touch me again. You know, I was, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. You know, I started asking for the drugs. You know, I was like, please, you know, give me something to kill the pain here. And then, and then uh, it got time to push. Oh, boy. It was, I mean, everything up there, it was... <laughs> Everything was coming out. It was just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, you know, this is bad. This is really bad. But it got worse. It got worse because, you know, push, push, push. I was hours pushing. I was like, oh, my, I'm exhausted. How about you, Joanne? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when she said, you're not going to touch me ever again. Uh, I, I, I thought it was over. I just thought our romantic life was absolutely over. But, but, I mean, she's pushing. It's all coming out. I'm like, oh, boy, this is really beautiful. Um, <laughs> 
And then, and then you know, he's, they called the crowning, whatever that was. And, uh, yeah. and then he's like, whoosh. And, uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, there's been a mistake, you know. <laughs> My brother-in-law did the ultrasounds all through it. He never told me he's deformed, you know. I was like, why didn't Dennis tell me and prepare us for this, you know. I'm like, oh, I came up to Joanne. I said, oh, I don't know. We got a little problem down there. I said, we're not naming that kid after me. Name it after your mother because it's the, it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen, you know. I mean, it was all bloody and Scum all over him. I mean, going like this, and 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 if that thing swung by my window in the middle of the night, you'd be scared half to death. You know, you know like oh no, you know. I just like oh, oh, we can work this out. We're gonna love him. We're gonna love the kid. We will. We can do it with Jesus. We can. The nurse said, "Do you want to hold it?" I said, "No, I don't want to hold him." I like, I like clean him up a little bit, you know, because it was all all stuff on him. You know, it was just. Uh, but listen, listen. Here's the point. There is a point to the story. I didn't have a choice, whatever came out. Now, our firstborn, he's a lawyer in New York City, and his wife is a marketing, and just, they're wonderful people. Uh, he didn't start out good, but he, but he ended up good. Yeah. I didn't have a choice, whatever, whatever, because I was looking up there, best two out of three, please. <laughs> twins, I want twins, you know? But no, what, what came out, came out, and uh, I, I had to love him, and I had no choice. But God, think about it. He knows everything I've ever done wrong in my 61 years. I know I don't look 61. Uh, And and, and he knows everything I'm doing wrong right now. And you say, yeah, yeah, you got that right. And, uh, and, And he knows everything I'm going to do wrong. And I've already told you I do a lot of things wrong. He knows all that I'm going to do wrong. And he still says, Joe, I've planned before time began to make you part of my family to make you a son of mine. And that goes for every one of us here. Because you could be here tonight and you may not feel like a son or a daughter. You may not feel totally in where God totally accepts you. Because a lot of times we don't feel like we're enough, that we're not measuring up, that we somehow don't have enough. But he is all that we need. He is the enough. He, he makes up the difference. That's, what, that's the beauty of the family of God, that he loves us with all of our imperfections. He loves us. And, and so what, what, what I'm saying is we've got all that going for us. Why not make yourself at home in God? He makes his home in you. It says that he's, that he, that he's in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, which always blows me away. But why not make our home in him, that where we're always comfortable? It's, it, it, it becomes the first thought when I'm having anything going on in my life. My first thought should be I'm, I'm running home. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to God. I'm, I'm, I know that he's there, being present with him. Because it's, it's in the presence, it's in that moment-by-moment presence where the sap of God, the, the creative juices, uh, the creative energy of God, all of his personality, it, it's, it's when we're, we're tied in and that we understand that we are loved beyond measure and that he is working on our behalf to be absolutely productive and have good outcomes and have creativity and, and fruit that will last. It's, it, that when we get that, we're going to be there. You see, because what I, what, what, I what I hope tonight is that you're going to leave here and you're going to be always more comfortable talking to God about your anxiety, your depression, your, your sin issues, your, your places of weakness, and, uh, and, and places where you, where you stumble, uh, places where you just don't get it right. 
but that we'll, we'll be, we're going to be more comfortable talking to God about those areas. And it's when we, can, when we start doing that is when productivity, where fruitfulness begins to happen. See, because when you're at home with God, the, the, the other thing that I, I just want to let you know is that, that uh, uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're with him, you, uh, you, you have to realize that the bad news is that we're going to be pruned. You know, there's that pruning thing. And if you've ever seen grapevines pruned, they prune them way back. Sometimes he prunes off our, our, our right arm, you know. But it's there, he, it's, he prunes in order to get more fruit. So you're going through a struggle. And what, what we have to realize, see, because when, when oftentimes what happens in, our, in our, our minds is that we think when things aren't going right, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. And it's difficult when you feel like God is mad at you, because I had a time when, I, when I, uh, my father had just given me uh, a 1972 Catalina, which at the time was uh, a pretty new car, beautiful. It was when they made cars like cars. It was a 400 cubic inch engine. It was metal. I mean, it was metal. And in six hours, I had wrapped that car around a tree. I got a little too drunk uh, at a bar and wrapped that car around a tree. And uh, my father, we weren't speaking. You know, he was mad at me. And I, my mother kept saying, you better talk to him. You better talk to him. I was like, I'm not talking to him, you know. And we were, we were at odds with each other. But it wasn't until I came to him and apologized and, and, and humbled myself that we were back in relationship. You see, but when, if you think your father's mad at you, you're going you're gonna to avoid him, right? But that's not what our father wants us to do. Because he's really not mad at us anymore, especially once we become followers of Christ. The wrath of God is taken care of with the blood of Jesus. And so we are always welcome back. We're always, in fact, it doesn't even have to be back. We're always welcome home. And so, you see, I, I want to change the mindset that he's not, he's not mad at you. He's, he's, he's not angry. He's not, trying to, he's not trying to punish you. You usually difficult times is to stretch us and grow us and get us to the place where we can produce more fruit. See, because sometimes it's when, you know, the enemy wants us to shrink back and, and say, well, God doesn't like me. I shouldn't try that again. Or uh, in the book of James, it says to greet your problems as old friends. That's one translation. It says, uh, you know, that to count it all joy when you have various problems that come along because they're going like, to they're going to perfect your faith. They're going to you know they're going to work something in you. And one translation says, "Greet them as old friends." When old friends come knocking at the door, that's uh, Philip's translation. Again, it's that whole picture of of uh, being in a home, greeting them because they're going to they're going to they're going to make you everything that God intends you to be. The, those are the problems and the pruning. And listen, vines are pruned every year. Every year they're chopped back. It's every year the gardener has to come in in order to produce the absolute best grape that we can get so we can get the best wine that we can possibly get. He's going to do whatever it takes to do that. Because if you, you know, there's, what is it, entropy? Uh, I think that's the word where things, uh, things uh, tend towards, in the natural world, towards chaos, you know. And if you let a vine just kind of do its own thing, it, it, that's what happens. It's just, it's a tangled mess, and the vine starts fighting with, it, uh, it, with each other, and it gets, a lot of dead wood gets in there, and uh, at some point, it won't produce any fruit. And so God loves us too much to allow us to be uh, dead wood and to be unfruitful, so he prunes us a little bit to get the most out of us. And it's not like, it's not all a productivity thing. It's the, it's the most love out of us, the most kindness out of us. You know, there's all sorts of things happening. And he wants us to bear fruit. 
So that's what I, I, I want you to remember that. Let me, I want to just share with you one more thing. I'm going to ask the, uh, if the worship team would come back. They're, what an awesome worship team. I, I just, I'd like to pack them up and bring them home with me. I wonder this. Uh, they ever wonder, I'm wondering like if like in a thousand years, uh, when they did some archaeological digs around this area, and they see uh, that drummer cage. What, what, do you think they, what do you think they're going to think, you know? I, I, when I first started seeing him, I said, is that guy okay? Is he safe to be around? You know, like, you know, you know did he take his meds today? Uh, you know, because that makes me nervous that you're putting this guy in a cage, you know? It's like, so I'm just wondering what, if they're going to figure out, oh, that was for the drummer. That's right, yeah. You know, uh, churches are crazy. But, you know, uh, <laughs> that was just to the side there. I'm trying for a big finish. Um, Today, you know, one of the things I love about God, if, we're, if we stay present with him, no matter, no matter where we go, present with him in the here and now, he will, God will do things to let you know that he loves you, that he's got your back, that things that you're worried about, he's, he's, he's going to take care of you. Now, you're, you're going to work it out, but he's, he's going to give you the energy to do it. And today, we're, we're at the uh, outlet mall, and we're just doing our thing. We're going in stores, trying to find a parking spot. In fact, I, tried to, I was trying to be nice to one person, but Virginia, they're, they're even nice. They're, they're not, I can't be nice. They were too nice. We're fighting over who's going to, get, like, who's going to give the other person the, uh, the spot. Yeah, we were. It was crazy. In New York, that would never happen. I, I, but I took the spot. Yeah. <laughs> she insisted. I was like, well, you know, how long are we going to be here like this, you know? Uh, which, again, maybe down south, you'd be there longer than I was, but uh, I took it. Anyway, so we're going into stores, and we're, we're going into uh, the Levi store, right? Levi. And I, I hold, I'm holding the door open for Joanne, and then a, a, a gentleman's coming out, and I'm holding the door for him. And I'm saying, no, come on, come on. He's saying to me, no, come on. And so I was, I was like, no way. You're, you're coming out. Uh, and and uh, so he goes through and he says, thank you so much. And then, he, and then he goes through the door closed, but then he comes right back in. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? And he, he, he says, he goes, do you like coffee? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I like coffee. And then he starts going through his pockets. And I'm like, what, what's this guy doing? And, uh, and he, he said, I had, a, I had a gift card for, uh, for, for um, Starbucks. And he couldn't find it. And he goes, well, wait, wait, wait. He goes, I, I, I want to give you something. And he opens up his wallet, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? Uh, and I, I, uh, he pulls out a $20 bill, and he, and, uh, he gives me $20. And I'm like, I, I can't take that. No, he goes, he goes, he said, I, he goes, I want to bless somebody. I don't know if he used the word blessed, but that, that smiled at me and held the door for me. And, and, and he hands me a $20 bill. And I, I'm trying not to take it, but then it's like, no, I want you to have that $20 bill. And I'm like, what? I, this is amazing. I, I, I wanted to go out and buy a lottery ticket after this. I go, this is my day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got the parking spot and somebody's giving me money. Because like, uh, Joanne said, oh, he knew your love language, you know? Uh, and and, uh, and that is, that. see, that's God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, why, why? And it, it, I, I felt like God said to me, and, and, you know, oftentimes God speaks to us. We don't know he's speaking because he uses our own inner voice oftentimes to talk to us. Sometimes we miss God because we think it's got to be this trumpeting call and, and with reverb. But oftentimes he talks to me in the voice that I have inside. And I heard him say, I got you. 
I'm with you. I'm with you today. I, I, I've got your back. And he said, here's, here's just a little something for you. Just to, just to remind you that I got your financial world. I got you. I, and, and just to let you know that no matter what's going on, I have you, that he has a complete stranger giving me money. You know, why would you worry about money when complete strangers are giving you money? It's because God has, he has ways, he has pockets that he can grab hold of. You know, it's not just the money. It's the, what, for me, it was that, it's that whole thing that I, if I stay present with him, and if you do it, I want you to try it this week. Just remind yourself. Sometimes you got to breathe in and breathe out and remind yourself that you're with God. You're home with him. And begin to, begin to just ask Ask the Holy Spirit and the Father to start showing you ways that He has got your back, that He loves you, and He cares about every little thing. He says He's got our hairs numbered. Now, it's getting easier and easier for Him to do that with me, uh, but, he, but He numbers our hairs. He's got your back. So that's my, my assignment to you is to stay at home with Him throughout the day. Set your alarm if you have to, a God alarm that... I got to refocus. Just, it's not a big prayer time. It's just refocus that, yeah, I'm home with you, Father. And he's going to give you some loving reminders throughout the day and the week. So let me pray for you as we, uh, as we close up here. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. And this has been a powerful time that we had. The worship was just awesome. Your presence has been in this place. And Father, I know that there are people here there's certain ones here that are struggling with anxiety. Some, some are struggling with panic attacks. and Some are struggling with darkness and, and pain and depression and a, just, a, just a, a pain that won't go away on their insides. And, and it, uh, it seems like you're not even helping in that. And it's confusing. But I'm asking for, for those people that are feeling outside the door that you would speak to them and you would draw them back into the living room, back into the kitchen, back into that loving place with you, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, that you would remind every person in this room tonight, tomorrow morning, throughout the week, that you've got them. You care about them, and you care about them more than their sin, more than their mistakes. You overrule those things. Give them some presence, Lord. Let there be some $20 moments all through the week that there'll be some... There'll be some stories that are told about how you loved them in a particular way that only you would have known about that. I ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.